0: Did you bring the hummus podcast? I'm Kimberly, your host, and I'm super excited to be here with you today. Did you bring the hummus podcast to help you go vegan? Every 2 weeks, I'll share a new episode discussing all things vegan. Most importantly, we'll talk about how to embrace this meaningful decision with fervor and fun. Episodes post every other Monday on your favorite podcast app. Before we get started, I have one very important question for you. Did you bring the hummus? Today, I am joined by Sally Chamberlain. Sally is a spiritual coach, sacred feminine mentor, and an animal advocate. She is the founder of the company The Natural Coach, where her goal is to support people to return to their natural state, and her motto is freedom for all beings. Sally is a passionate vegan advocate. She firmly believes that each person has their own unique journey with veganism, and it's important to acknowledge this and support people transitioning to have their own experience that is grounded in their own essence and soul. Sally considers her own vegan journey as a spiritual awakening, a time that completely changed how she saw the world. She now supports others on their spiritual journeys and invites veganism as an integral part of walking the spiritual path. Sally helps those who know they are here for a reason re-remember who they are and why they are here. To listen to their inner wisdom and give voice to their message and share it with clarity and compassion. In early 2020, Sally became an author when she co-authored the best-selling Birth, Volume 1, Stories of Healing and Transformation in Business, Motherhood, and Life, with 12 other inspirational, visionary women, available as an ebook on Amazon. She shares her story of coming home to herself through healing, going vegan, and motherhood. I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Hi, Sally. Hi, Kimberly. Thanks for joining
1: me today. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm really excited to have you here. Uh, so just a little background. I worked with Sally in her Sacred Feminine Flame program. It was amazing, and Sally is super special, and She's also vegan, which makes her number one in my book. (laughs) So I wanted to have Sally on so we could talk about how she marries veganism and spirituality and really anything else that comes up in this process. So Sally, the first question I always like to ask, because I love hearing about people's journeys, is tell us about your vegan
1: journey. Absolutely, I'd love to. Okay, so it was in
0: 2015.
1: And it started with my son. So he'd just stopped eating meat and he hadn't eaten it for like eight months. But I was still putting it on his plate every single day. Mm. Looking back now, I'm horrified. But at the time, (laughs) it's just (laughs) what happened. (laughs) You know how it goes. So anyway, he hadn't eaten it for like eight months. And I was kind of panicking, like, oh, gosh, he needs to eat it. What am I going to do? And then I just had this kind of like light bulb moment. And I just thought he's clearly not he doesn't want it why are you giving it to him you know he doesn't need it and in fact why are you eating it (laughs) because you've always Mm. thought it's wrong (laughs) so it was just like in one second like a slap in the face (laughs) like what are you doing woman come on (laughs) so right there and then I just decided that my son and I would go vegetarian so that was like a Friday and then just coincidentally, the following day, there was this uh, like session on at the local Buddhist center that I used to go to for meditation classes, and that was all about the environmental impacts of the meat and dairy industry. So I went along to that and part of that was showing the ethical side of what happens to in the dairy and egg industries. And it was only like one minute of footage. Mm. (laughs) And then that was enough. That's all you need. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you need. Seriously. (laughs) And I was just like, oh my gosh, I cannot, cannot. It wasn't a choice. I can't Mm. continue to contribute to that suffering any longer. And that was a real shock to me because I've got a degree in nutrition. I used to be an environmental health officer. I was an environmental health officer at the time. So, I thought I knew the food industry. Mm. I knew nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing. In that moment, I just thought, you know, nothing. And uh, yeah, it's just such a shock when you really see what happens to the animals. Because you kind of know, I think at that time, I kind of thought the worst thing that happens to dairy cows was just that they're kept in captivity. But man, <laughs> mm. <laughs> there's so much yeah. more. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, so I went vegan straight straight away, um, but I thought it was going to be difficult. So, and also at the time, you know, I wasn't that like, into cooking. I didn't like veggies that much, so <laughs> and so I kind of really thought it was going to be really difficult. So I gave myself a month, and I thought, right, from a month from now, I'm going to be vegan. And in that time, I was pretty much vegan, but I didn't worry so much about you know the finer details. I was just not yeah. having meat, eggs meat eggs and dairy giving myself that bit of leeway but then the more i learned and i learned a lot from watching that youtube channel bite Size vegan okay yeah so i used to stay up late at night watching her videos and my husband called it vegan school (laughs) so i'd stay (laughs) late doing vegan school (laughs) i love that (laughs) 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 and then the more i learned the, the more i knew i had to just do it sooner so I think it was like, it was the day after Mother's Day and I'd chosen that date because I knew that my husband had already bought me chocolates. And I kind of <laughs> thought that's gonna be like my farewell <laughs> to it. And then I ate like, I ate like half the box, but they were like sticking in my throat. Like I just couldn't do it. I would just think about what happened to the cows to make that the milk that was in that, in that chocolate. Yeah. And I just couldn't do it. I threw the other half away and I was like pretty much choky on them and they tasted rancid. And I was just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's the powerful
0: stuff huh mm-hmm.
1: yeah definitely definitely I think that's just the most important part about going vegan is really connecting in with the animals
0: yeah that's what that's certainly what what did it to me I mean I love the the benefits of the environment being vegan and I love um, all the health benefits and how great it is you know for us but at the end of the day, like none of that matters because what matters to me is that I'm not contributing to all of that suffering, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I hear you. And that, that I think is where most of the power can be found. Like I love feeling connected to nature and, -hmm. and those types of things, just feeling kind of the energy of the earth and the world around me when I'm outside. But I don't think that would have been enough when I was a, you know, Cheeseburger eater, it wouldn't have been enough <laughs> for me to be like, I need to save the trees from being you know raised in the the Amazon for soy to raise cattle like that that wouldn't have stopped mm. me, yeah, but the uh yeah. thinking about how the animals suffer really just it breaks your heart every time,
1: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so difficult, yeah,
0: so you mentioned- so many
1: still in that suffering cycle, there's so many I billions know. of animals that are still stuck in there,
0: yeah. It's heartbreaking, it sure is. Yeah, that's why we do what we do, right?
1: Absolutely. We work to
0: help inspire people to go vegan. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, one day we can see a world where that is the case where most of us, or if not all of us, have made mm-hmm. that connection. Yeah,
1: definitely, definitely it's so important.
0: So, you've mentioned that your vegan journey was also a spiritual awakening
1: for you. Mm-hmm. you to
0: tell us about that,
1: absolutely. I feel like when I made that connection and what happened was what I saw in that video that I described earlier on was a dairy calf, a dairy cow giving birth to a calf and then the farmer just dragging it away, holding it, hanging it upside down and slitting its throat. And I felt the pain of that cow with that happening. You could hear her crying like they showed her reaction and I just thought, that's exactly how I would have felt in the birthing room after giving birth to my son if someone had just taken my child away and killed them. So for me, that really just, just, that was the first time. And I've always thought that animals are special and amazing and all of that sort of stuff. But that was the first time I've really connected that we're the same. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like, I feel like we're the same, except our bodies are a different shape. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the only difference between us and the animals. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for me, it just kind of like burst my heart open, broke down those barriers of separateness and just really, I just really felt that oneness with all of the animals. Because normally, you know, we think save the whales, save the elephants. (laughs) (laughs) But don't even think about the cows, the chickens and pigs. I just put a big blind spot right in front of your eyes. Yeah. (laughs)
0: it's incredible because if you think right there's um the huge yulin um like dog meat festival Mm -hmm. right and the people here in america you know that's not a a common dish so when people hear about that they're up in arms they want to save the dogs and and i do too but Mm -hmm. they they see the dogs in cages and it it upsets them and they want to do something but they can see, you know, a calf in a cage or, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, having been put in the process to, to be raised for a veal and the connection's not there because, Mm -hmm. because for some reason that cow is food Mm -hmm. and a dog isn't. And yeah, when you, when you make that connection, it's like, no, they're all, beings with an interest in living and like when people who have pets and they can see how their dog or their cat or the rabbit like they have their own personalities right mm-hmm. and you can Definitely. tell when they're sad or when they're hurting um, mm-hmm. when they're happy playful yes. And then you can see that very same thing in mm-hmm. pigs and cows and chickens what is it right that makes us disconnect and these animals are not the same even though they very clearly are
1: yes yes and that's that cognitive dissonance isn't it and I I feel like that's one of our one of the blocks to kind of spirituality so if we kind of think about spirituality as like really accepting that oneness and tuning into that oneness and you know being one with all all beings then that cognitive dissonance causes that block there. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for me, when I worked through that cognitive dissonance, that had been so strong, like I was so blind not to see what happened. (laughs) (laughs) So blind. But I feel like that almost, when we have that blockage there, it blocks our spiritual connection. And when that's removed, we feel so much more empathy and compassion for all beings. So like also for the farmed animals and also for people, you know, fleeing their countries because their lives are in danger for people in abusive households. Now I feel like it really supercharges our existing compassion Mm -hmm. for, for all other beings.
0: Yeah. So how do you live that today? That spirit, do you do you keep that spiritual awakening, that feeling alive? How does that show up for you every day?
1: Mm, That's a beautiful question. And I feel like part of my spiritual practice is connecting to all beings through meditation and just through through my mind. And I sometimes, to connect in with the animals, I kind of imagine I'm in their position. So almost like putting myself in their bodies and kind of remembering why why I'm on this path, (laughs) why are doing this? (laughs) There's also a really beautiful um, prayer that I'd love to share. It's like a Sanskrit prayer that just sums up veganism for me in like one beautiful sentence. And it is, may all beings everywhere be happy and free and may the thoughts, words and actions of my own life contribute in some way to that happiness and to that freedom for all. How beautiful is that?
0: I love that.
1: Oh my goodness! That just sums it all up, doesn't it? Like we do this because we want the animals to be free. Yeah. Not just comfortable or free. We don't want those cages to be bigger. Right. <laughs> we want them empty and destroyed.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh my! I I got goosebumps and everything. So beautiful. So beautiful. Thank, Thank you. Though.
1: My pleasure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that freedom for all beings is kind of your motto, right? Mm. Yeah, and I guess this is where it comes from, from this prayer. Mm. Yeah,
1: from that, because I found that, I was listening to a beautiful book called The Hidden Teachings of Yoga. Okay. And it had that quote in there, but that just kind of summed up how I felt. Like I just yeah. felt like it so beautifully put words to what I was already thinking And I kind of see that freedom for all beings as, like, the core of what I do. Like, as a coach and as a a vegan um, advocate, you know, freedom for the animals and freedom for ourselves. Because we can't have true freedom when we're enslaving others. Like, we can't have that freedom of mind when we're causing suffering to other Mm -hmm. beings. And also... I kind of see it that we're kind of trapped in our own kind of inner prisons. Part of my work as a coach is to help people get out of those inner prisons. <laughs> That's a metaphor, really, isn't it? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So why don't you tell yeah. us more about your work as a coach?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I work with people to really untap who they truly are and really what they're doing on this planet like I really believe that we all have a really unique special gift that we're here to to deliver to the world like our own special medicine that the world needs especially now because we're in such a crazy time yeah (laughs) (laughs) but that's part of what I do is to help people unlock really just their true essence of who they are and work through their own kind of cognitive dissonance around all sorts of different things. We don't only experience that about the animals, but all sorts of different things. Work through their programming so that they're just being their true selves. Yeah, and you know, I can
0: attest to that because ever since I've done the the program with you, I have been more connected to myself Mm -hmm. and been more able to share my voice. And when someone asks me to share my voice, I don't even hesitate anymore because that truly is my gift. I want to share stories and talk to people and and put it out there in any way that I can about veganism, about people living the life that they want to, because it's in alignment with their values Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's gotten better and better ever since we had our sessions together. So
1: That's so amazing. It's really been incredible.
0: I love it. the process itself was so interesting, right? It was our, we had three sessions and the first one was so tough. Like I faced a lot of things, but I was willing Mm -hmm. to do it. And I'm so glad that I was because then the next two really kind of helped me figure it all out and get to that mm. point and I do sometimes still go back into that room and I look at the oh, books yeah. yeah and I look out that window and I see the ocean and yeah it's just um it's with me and I think it'll be with me forever so mm, thank you I'm very much for that
1: my total yeah. pleasure it was so amazing <laughs> so special and I did those same sessions with my mentor and they still live with me
0: yeah so yeah. cool
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah so my special gift that I got through those doing those sessions with my mentors that I am gentle love and that's my what I bring to
0: the world yeah that is 100% true <laughs> <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> and like we've never met in person, right? We don't even mm-hmm. live in the same country. We've no. only connected here over Zoom. And mm-hmm. that is so clear to me that that is 100% who you are at your core. Oh, you. Yeah, you're welcome. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's turning into quite a love fest, but <laughs> I, I, <know>. think, <laughs> I think that that's important. And I think it's really wonderful what you do so within your coaching program, how do you, I know that you have an uh, kind of like a, part of your program also includes people who are interested in going vegan. You can help them do that. Um, how do you, what's your process there? What do you want to share with um, the listeners about, you know, what they could expect if they were working with you around this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I've got two ways that I help people go vegan. So when I said I have a course on that website, that covers all aspects of veganism so that's just like you know it talks about all this all the things health um the environment and ethics spirituality and I kind of like share some tips around how like a good process to go through so this is my course and I also work one-on-one with people who want to who want to go vegan and I do it slightly differently I feel to a other vegan coaches, so I do a really similar process to what we did in that sacred flame, and just get really people to really connect into their why for going vegan and what is what happens in their body when they think about being vegan. So it's like a lot of kind of visioning and imagining and just really connecting into that kind of inner calling to adopt this lifestyle. I love to go to that deeper deeper level it's not just oh where do I get my protein oh well what you need to eat is this this this, and this. Like, that's not why that's not what I do I really connect into the why because everything else I feel like shifts out of that that like comes out of that you know so it's none of the other questions that people have is insurmountable it's all completely solvable mm-hmm. but the most important thing is that mindset shift because we're so you know i up- culturally is so entrenched that we have to eat the animals we have to use their animals they're here for like they're here for us (laughs) you know it's so culturally ingrained in us that that's the thing that needs to shift and then all of those other questions just shift into shift into place so I go from that mindset mindset thing first yeah
0: that's that's amazing that's where all true change really happens right because all of the other stuff really is kind of just easy Mm. once you've figured that out
1: absolutely and I think most of those questions like where will I get my protein where will I get this what will I what shoes will I wear (laughs) what (laughs) makeup can I buy that's all just like our kind of cognitive dissonance trying to find a reason why we can't find a reason why we can't do it and what we have to deal with first is that cognitive dissonance and feel those feelings because that's what it's trying to protect us from. It's trying to stop us feeling bad about the ways in which we may have contributed to animal suffering in the past, which we all have, like you and I both, we weren't born vegan. Now I I know I was a, I was a omnivore for like 35 years. So, or 35 years of contributing to animal suffering. So there's like no judgment around that. It's just, it is a normal part of our society in many ways that I feel like that that shift like working through that working through the feelings that come up through that and owning those feelings is so pivotal in the vegan journey and I feel like that's where people fall off where they go oh I tried to be vegan and I couldn't do it I feel like that's the piece that's missing is dealing with those feelings and confronting those feelings that come up when we address that
0: yeah similar
1: experience Kimberly I sure did (laughs) (laughs) I
0: um I went a uh, vegetarian after reading an issue of PETA's animal times magazine. I don't know if they even still publish it, but it just like showed up in my mailbox. I didn't even like request it. So I don't know how it got to me, but I'm very glad that it did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I was actually up physically sick that first night. I read it cover to cover and I had, um, I have, and forgive me for the listeners who've heard this story already, but I had dined on um, quite a gourmet meal of Burger King fast food that evening. And uh, I really was just beside myself thinking about, not only had I contributed to animal suffering in that meal, but essentially every meal before that, that I'd had my entire life. And I was 20 I was 20. Yeah. So I had spent 20 years and then I was vegetarian. I didn't go vegan right away. Mm-hmm. I went vegan for a little bit. And then I'd start eating cheese again. So that kind of, you know, kept going um, up until about five or six years ago, where since then it's been, you know, I've been vegan and, and I know for sure that that will never change because I've had mm-hmm. that mindset shift and, you know, there's nothing, about animal products that says to me, this is food. These are clothing Mm -hmm. items, you know, this is proper entertainment. Like none of that, um, it doesn't feel that way anymore. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it does make those things easier. Mm -hmm. If I have to make that little extra effort to figure out what brand of something I can buy to make sure that it's vegan, I'm willing Mm -hmm. to do it because it's become the core
1: of who I am. Absolutely. Yeah, it just becomes normal after a while, doesn't it? You kind of, yeah, you just, it's just normal. And I love what you said there about that not thinking of animal products as food. And that's one of the things I talk about in my course, actually. Is like, if you imagine going to the supermarket, it's like you don't, you don't buy food in the stationary aisle right. the <laughs> section. It's like the meat section, that like, goes into that same category of like, yep, I don't need that stuff. It's just not food. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> At the laundry detergent. you don't need that. Nope. <laughs> <Not food.
0: laughs> yeah, that truly is kind of is the the feeling around it. It, it it's definitely not even a thought anymore. Mm. And uh and that's really because yeah, people say, oh, I don't know how you do it. Oh, that's good for you, but I could never do it. It's so mm. hard. But it's only hard because we tell ourselves it's hard and it's because hard. you know we're we're not willing to let go.
1: Mm, definitely yeah Yeah, and I've I've had that experience too like I used to have years ago I had a friend that was vegan and I just didn't get it at all and I had to you know like I said I had a degree in nutrition we were so entrenched in that you have to eat animals we were told like vegans can't survive they're crazy <laughs> I literally <laughs> told that in a lecture <laughs> and you're just like looking back now I'm just like oh my gosh everything I learned in that degree was wrong what a waste of four years of my life <laughs> but it's just so ingrained so ingrained mm-hmm. in all of us I read this thing actually the other day about, I was reading this really amazing book called Yoga and Veganism. Uh-huh. So as you know, like, yoga is like a path to enlightenment. It's not what we believe in the West is just like fitness class. or like <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> You know, you don't just go there to get bendy. You know, it's a way of connecting with your body as part of the spiritual path. And one of the things in there that it spoke about was, there was this one teacher in india that wouldn't teach westerners because we ate meat so Mm. they believed that we couldn't be on the spiritual path when we were doing that and then he started this person started teaching westerners when they came to him said but we are vegetarian (laughs) 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 so kind of like opened his eyes as well to like oh you know westerners can can learn this and join that path but that was so interesting
0: yeah yeah, for me too. So yoga is actually something <clears throat> that I do every day. It's the first thing when I wake up. I I roll out of bed, I brush my teeth, and I get on the mat.
1: Mm. And
0: for me, it's not about getting bendy or having a tight butt or getting abs. It really is about connecting with myself mm. and really like getting in inside. And like yeah, because yoga is a physical activity, there are some times where my body is in the way or I can't get into a certain pose. And then it becomes where my focus is kind of like, ah, shit, I can't like, I can't bend that way. I can't do this thing. But but for the most part, you know, when I'm in it, it's like the focus on the breath and it's like turning Mm -hmm. inward and things come up and emotions come up and I can't tell you how many times I have cried on my mat there's like tear stains on my yoga mat but that's beautiful. why I do it yeah yes. you, you got to connect there and you got to get it out mm-hmm. you want to show up and be the best person that you can be you can't keep Definitely. putting all this stuff away and hiding it inside
1: yeah oh, releasing God. all those emotions from your body it's so beautiful yeah. I love that yeah it's good stuff I love that. Oh yes! <laughs> <laughs> I know. That I le-
0: love.
1: <laughs> <sighs> So beautiful, and that leads me on to like. I'd love to share a few quotes. Please do. And that leads beautifully on from that conversation about yoga and enlightenment. Um, but this was a quote by Einstein. So our task must be to free ourselves by widening our circle of compassion to embrace to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature and its beauty. So that was I awesome. I was saying pretty much what we've just said, like bringing, you know, finding our own freedom through that compassion mm-hmm. for other living beings. And another one, another quote by someone called Rachel Carson is, we cannot have peace among men whose hearts have, whose hearts find delight in killing any living creature. And Pythagoras said, for as long as men massacre animals, they will kill each other. Indeed, he who sows the, seed, the seeds of murder and pain cannot reap joy and love. Powerful stuff, right? Powerful, yeah. powerful stuff right there, and that kind of comes <laughs> back to that oneness, doesn't it? Like, we're all one if we can kill. Yeah, essentially, when we're killing the animals, we're killing ourselves because we're yeah. one. hmm
0: I, I, as a, as a kid and stuff, I never was, um, I was never invited along to like go fishing or or hunting or anything like that. And we didn't have anyone in our family or, or close to us that did those types of things. But I knew about people who did those types of things. And even then, when I was you know, sitting down to whatever animal product I was for whatever meal I was having, not making the connection that way the thought that a person because of course as a child i didn't know how the food that got to my plate got there mm-hmm. but the thought that a person could take a fish out of the water and let it suffocate or to to shoot a deer no matter what the intention was they were going to mount the deer's head on the wall or they were going to eat it or whatever I didn't understand how someone could do that Mm
1: -hmm. and as a
0: child I thought that people who fished and hunted were bad people Mm -hmm. I couldn't see how someone who was capable of that was like a person safe to be around yeah and and yeah as you start to and of course like you know there's a lot to get into there with factory farms and and the people who are hired there and what they Mm -hmm. suffer by being employed in a factory farm. So um, so now as an adult who kind of has a bigger picture of the world, I don't necessarily feel immediately that a person who hunts or fishes or works in a factory farm is a really bad, terrible, unsafe person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it doesn't stop me from questioning, like, where does it all start? and mm-hmm. And how can... I guess it's like, you think about the way I'm going all over the place. It's when you're raised around something that seems normal. Mm. So, you know, a lot of people start off hunting with, you know, their dad maybe as a kid, mm. right. And they learn it very young. So they become desensitized to it and then they grow up and they teach their kids the same thing. And even yeah. if the first time, I mean, how many different movies or whatever, do they show like a dad taking their kid out for the first time to mm. hunt and the child just cries i can't do it or you know they get really sad when they realize what's happened but you know the the dad let's say keeps taking them out and they keep doing it and before you know mm. it like it becomes just this thing they do with their dad and it's not about the life that they're taking and they don't mm. see what they're doing and i think you kind of that wall comes up and you don't realize it, or you can't connect to that being
1: Definitely. absolutely oh. I think most kids would be vegetarian or vegan if they knew what happened to the animals I feel like kids are so connected in a way that adults aren't because we've put that block up right like, I feel like kids if they were if they were told you know like my kid's vegan and he wouldn't even think about eating meat that's just like yo yeah <laughs> I remember one time we went to this we went to a vegan cafe and I had this like you know fake ham and fake cheese toasting mm-hmm. sort of thing it wasn't it's not the normal food I choose but it was like a novelty of, of this place and he was just he just couldn't believe I was eating it he was like why would you even want to have something that's even like that? <laughs> like he just looked at me like I was crazy <laughs> which is kind of true I don't really like those fake meat things it was just like a nostalgia almost mm-hmm. yeah but like you know when they see that I just feel like kids are so much more connected. And I feel like if we gave them a choice of their own free will, most of them would be vegan.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And I think, you know, because they can, I think as children, we're just, we're more open to the joy and the beauty in things. Mm -hmm. And, And so, you know, when you think about being a kid, so I don't have kids, so I have to think back to like what it must, what I felt like when I was a kid and to see a deer like in the backyard or like, cause we have a lot of deer around here and uh, where I live now, like we also have bears to, so, mm-hmm. to have seen a deer in the, you know, out in the yard or walking down the street as they do sometimes mm-hmm. when I was a child was so magical. It was like, I can't yes. believe this is happening. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> and it was just, like, I don't know, your heart's just, like, bursting with joy, like, how cool is this, and then as an adult, I mean, how often do you, and I'm not sure what kind of animals you constantly see out, like, you know, when you're out and about in normal life, but you you almost don't notice them sometimes as an adult, when you're, like, so caught up in all the Mm grown-up things we're supposed to be doing, and you have to, like, turn back to that, that, like, Carefree, like love of kind of just everything around you, to like reconnect with, with this yes. you know how beautiful it is that they're just out there living life and yeah,
1: I feel honored
0: when they show up, like
1: when, when a bear walks
0: across our front lawn, like most yes. people are like oh my god, there's a bear outside, and I'm like oh my god,
1: they chose us. Yes, yeah, I was to say that like, you feel chosen if you have like an yeah. animal in your garden, that chose me. Yeah. <laughs> it's so beautiful (laughs) i love that and that's really coming from that that place of love Mm -hmm. and i feel like you know in spiritual circles there's a lot to talk about raising your vibration and all of that you know raising the vibration of the planet and like one of the highest frequency things is love so for operating from that space of love for the animals and nature and all of that stuff that's really beautifully high vibration
0: yeah yeah it does it feels good when you can look out the the window and and feel that just at a random point of your day, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. And then think about how many other people now you're, you might interact with where maybe you get to raise their vibration a little bit.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So when you're
0: vegan and you realize that you're not contributing to so much suffering, then it really like ups the ante, right? Yes. (laughs) So freeing,
1: so freeing. When there's those things in society that don't make sense.
0: Yeah, And he turn you
1: back on them and choose not to participate in them anymore. It's so freeing. It's mm-hmm. so freeing. Even I'm based in Australia and like even just down the bottom of my garden here I have kangaroos like hopping by. Oh my god! They're so amazing. And I'm like, every time I see them I get so excited. <laughs> like a little child and it's like, and they just hop around, minding their business. They're so yeah. awesome. So cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were at a kid's birthday party at the park yesterday and there was these kangaroos just like, around them huge they're like nearly as tall as I me. <laughs> they're so special it's like, oh my goodness
0: um, there's a, a quote that I was just thinking of I think it's George Bernard Shaw but I might be wrong and um and I'm probably going to get this wrong too because it just popped in my head and I don't have it in front of me but I think it's something like I can I can look at you now with peace because I don't eat you anymore Mm. thinking about yeah when whenever he would see an animal and to know
1: yeah yeah absolutely i love that and i remember looking at i remember one time years ago like i was on my way to work on the bus and like what overtook us was like a uh animal truck filled with cows obviously on the way to the slaughterhouse and the energy like shifted on the bus And I noticed that I was the only one that could look at them Mm. because I'd kind of gone through that and made peace with it and everyone else was like shuffling in their seats and like not looking. And then there was like the waft of poo because obviously they're scared and, you know, that happens when you're scared. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so there's that really noticeable, tangible shift in the energy on the bus as people saw that and shifted and looked away and felt bad.
0: I always look. I tell my, I feel like my, my husband sometimes will be like, maybe not today. You're having a hard day. Don't look, you know, Mm -hmm. but I feel like, like sometimes I feel like I I just have to bear witness or I have Mm -hmm. to kind of share my, my energy to send them some love because Mm -hmm. they haven't felt that before. Yes, And, you know, to think that they would spend
1: their entire lives never feeling that Mm -hmm. it's just so sad. Yeah, absolutely. I like imagine if we did all just live in that beautiful space of love with the animals.
0: Yeah, what a different world mm-hmm. we'd be in. Oh my gosh, in so many ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, factory farming is huge here, but I know
1: it's huge in Australia too. Yeah, yeah. it's destroyed land for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We, we went to a town like years ago, and there was a big slaughterhouse there, and it burned down. So like, he put, so the people were out of work. In the town and there was all this like you know the fundraising for these for the people and all of this kind of stuff and I kind of thought you know they wouldn't do that for a car factory <laughs> if a car factory right. broke down they probably <laughs> wouldn't be that same response but I also felt like you know like you alluded to earlier on when you said about the people that work in the slaughterhouses like they have their own form of PTSD for the people that are causing trauma. Yeah they have all their health issues. And domestic violence is a lot higher in, and even community crime, violent crime mm-hmm. is rates are higher in areas with slaughterhouses.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think about that, just being not just a witness to that level of violence, but being part of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't know
0: how you wouldn't be motivated in your regular life then to be abusive or destructive.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I feel like, you know, we've been in that kind of dynamic of like power over, and I kind of feel like that's what the meat and dairy industry represents to me is like people having power over, and not in a good way, their animals. And I feel like we're really shifting now to like power with, like we're all with each other Mm -hmm. and with that oneness. And I kind of feel like part of that kind of vegan shift is shifting away from that dynamic of having power over another
0: to living in harmony. That feels nice. Yes. Yeah, thinking about that. That feels nice. Yeah. There's for anyone who's interested about the, um, you know, factory farming in Australia. There's that documentary called Dominion, Mm -hmm. which came out a couple of years ago. I've seen the trailer, and that's it. Um, Yes, I
1: I can't watch it. I cried in the trailer. done. I'm convinced.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, um that was that was all I needed. Um and sometimes that is all you need, right? Um but but I just wanted to throw that out there um for anyone who hasn't seen it and might be curious about the truth of mm-hmm. things. That's a
1: yeah, definitely. I haven't really seen any of those documentaries. Like I don't think I've even seen Conspiracy. I just can't do it. I feel like I feel like I've made the shift. And now to watch right. much more of that stuff would just be traumatizing. <laughs> oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely huge in my transition to watch some of that stuff. Through those videos I mentioned earlier on Bite Size Vegan, she shows a mm-hmm. few carefully selected clips. Yeah. Which is definitely pivotal in my in my shift.
0: It was for me too. The, um, you know, I read the, the magazine, the Animal Times, and it was specifically a story about a downed cow. These cows had been my favorite animals, you know, up until that point. and mm. which was interesting, given my affinity for all things cheeseburgers.
1: Mm. So um,
0: that right there really speaks to how we can really disconnect and like cognitive dissonance that you've mentioned, right? because as a kid, I was very concerned with, um, the environment and animals and just, you know, trying to be kind and and those kinds mm-hmm. of things and just wasn't making that connection. And then, yeah, after I read um, Animal Times, then because that was a PETA publication, I went to check out PETA related things and, and I watched Meet Your Meat and that was, um, that was enough for me. <laughs> and I've seen bits and pieces. I tried to watch Earthlings. I made it about a minute and a half into that one. Um, yeah. But there are some that don't have, you know, the the images. I think Vegetated is one of them where there isn't anything um, graphic in it. But I think it's it's important to at least know that it's happening, right? Definitely. Uh, I think understanding the level of suffering is what really connects and allows people to move into a vegan lifestyle and understand mm-hmm. why they're doing it like you said the why is so so important mm-hmm. yeah
1: absolutely yeah i was supporting someone the other day that was wanting to go vegan and i said that was the exact same thing like you need to understand the suffering of the animals because i know for me like if i was doing this only for my health there's absolutely no way <laughs> i would make it to six years <laughs> Nope, me neither. I would have been off the wagon <laughs> in like two weeks. <laughs> so it's totally yep. about having that that strong enough motivation, and the animals yeah. is more than strong enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think. Of, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, that's completely true for me too. Because I I look at you know when I feel like I'm I'm trying to eat healthier, and then I feel overwhelmed by it or or whatever, and then you know, Ben and Jerry's has now like 17 vegan flavors of ice cream. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go get a pint of Ben and Jerry's vegan ice cream, right? Yeah. I feel like I'm in the mood for some junk food. It's so easy. So I can mm-hmm. just imagine that. Yeah. If I were as a, if I were a person who was motivated solely by my health, ah, uh, what a struggle that would be to stay on mm-hmm. board. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's only a really strong enough motivator when someone's really sick Mm -hmm. to begin with. But if you're not sick, then um, just for me personally, Mm -hmm. I can't speak for everybody, but I know for me that wasn't. (laughs) So I tried to give up up dairy so many times because it upsets my stomach, my taste intolerant, it blocked my nose up. I was so addicted. And I tried so many times to quit, but honestly, just that one minute of footage and it. That was it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Addiction (laughs) kills.
0: Yep. (laughs) And it is like there's, you know, there's studies that show that it's addictive. And Mm -hmm. it's addictive because it's made for baby cows, right? Who need to more than double their weight in a very short period of time. And while we humans are doing the same thing by consuming it, we're not supposed to be.
1: Double exactly. <laughs> absolutely and like you know human milk is like the lowest protein the lowest fat It's kind of like the slow grow yes yeah. <laughs> <version. laughs> like, yeah, what works for cows does not necessarily work for humans
0: yeah <laughs> but I had the same thing I had terrible IBS and it was completely triggered by dairy mm. and I that didn't that didn't stop me from eating it. It was finally, you know, making the connection, accepting yes. what I was contributing to.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I had really bad IBS as well. That would be really crippling at times. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like when I went vegan, it just completely stopped. And I feel mm-hmm. like partly because obviously I wasn't having dairy anymore, that trigger food, and also I'd moved into alignment with my being, who I am. Yeah. And I feel like when we're out of alignment in some way, it shows up
0: physically. Yeah.
1: And that must have been for me, like stop eating the animals. What are you doing? (laughs) Crazy (laughs) money. I
0: love that you just said that, that it's like it went away not just because you weren't eating this triggering food anymore, but because you were in alignment. And that I think when I realized that after going vegan, like, oh, this is like. This is really I'm I'm not just in alignment with my own values because you know kindness and compassion are are right there at the top for me but I'm also kind of in alignment with maybe like the world like the earth mother earth and yes. all of her beings and and then you like oh my gosh that is so incredible and so powerful yes. and I'm so special now
1: <laughs> Yes <laughs> Yes <laughs>
0: Yeah, and your body's like, all right, cool. We can stop attacking you. You don't have to worry about if there's a bathroom nearby every time you leave the (laughs) house.
1: (laughs) Oh my god, that is not fun. (laughs) You go to the shopping center. Your first thing is like, look at the map for all the toilets. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you you're going over to someone's house, and you have to hope and pray they have a bathroom that's maybe upstairs, away from the rest of the people (laughs) that are at the party or whatever.
1: oh thank goodness those sites are over yeah for sure <laughs> oh beautiful it's so amazing how bodies talk to us we just have to work out <laughs> what yeah, it's saying
0: exactly if we just stop and listen there's mm-hmm. so much so much knowledge like in here right mm-hmm. yeah we have to trust ourselves and I think we we learn as we grow up right that especially I think as women that you can't trust yourself Mm -hmm. and you kind of disconnect from all of that that inner voice not the mean one like the one that really (laughs) that (laughs) that can kind of guide you to the things that will make you happiest and most Mm -hmm. fulfilled in life and it's it's hard to hear amongst all of the chaos in the world and, and in our own lives and we get busy with things that don't matter and Definitely. putting, you know, our priorities in the wrong place. And sure. We connect
1: to that. Hmm. Definitely. That's the beauty of that like sacred feminine. It's really what the sacred feminine is all about is it? like reconnecting with that beautiful natural flow of being a woman. Yeah. When we've been kind of trying to be masculine in our approach to everything for the last couple of centuries, Mm -hmm. that just doesn't work for us so it's like no it's really embracing that (laughs) that beautiful inner voice like i said not the mean one that can Mm -hmm. disconnect
0: (laughs) yes please
1: (laughs) (laughs) and coming back into alignment with us and like they're working in our cycles our own natural cycles our daily cycle honoring our bodies and just those beautiful ways of being that just work for women maybe they work for men too i don't know
0: maybe you've inspired me with the the quotes because I just thought of another one um, that I remember seeing on an herbivore sweatshirt. They're a popular company out in um, Portland. And it says, and you know what, honestly, I wonder if this one is George Bernard Shaw as well. I'm like uh, clearly obsessed with the guy, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was, I will not be a walking grave for murdered beasts. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, powerful. man, that is powerful and poetic.
1: You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah and I feels so good. Like I even felt like, you know, my first few days of going vegan, like I could almost feel that there was animal products still in there. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, give <laughs> like, yeah, <get> it out. <laughs>
0: Yeah, when you think about right, they say how long does it take to get um, six days or something for your body to fully process like mm-hmm. um, like cow cow flesh, and then I think it's less a few days less for um, chicken flesh, and then like vegetables mm-hmm. like a couple of hours, and and like that's what our bodies are made for, right? We've got these long windy intestines that are like a yeah. thousand feet long, and that's to push through all the fiber. I like to exaggerate. Um, (laughs) I don't don't think think they're a thousand feet long, but I'm not a doctor. So don't quote me on that. (laughs) But but yeah, like it's like that. So the fiber can get pushed out and we can absorb all the nutrients from the vegetables. And like Mm. my cat's they eat and they poop like almost immediately because their intestines are like just a straight shot right (laughs) out they process out comes the poop because
1: yeah
0: (laughs) you don't want the animal products putrefying on your insides and that's exactly what's happening when they're sitting in your intestines waiting to be processed
1: absolutely yes definitely and then also like taking on that Yes. All that putrefying stuff can cause like, cancer and all those horrible diseases, and also I believe that we take on the suffering of the animal. Oh yeah. Through digesting it and mm-hmm. taking on that suffering that affects us. Yeah. In our ways as well.
0: Yeah. A lot of anger and adrenaline, like this feeling of, being like overstimulated, and and yeah, the the suffering and the pain. Yeah. Mm, I think the pure so fear. Too.
1: I'm so glad that we made the shift. Oh, me too.
0: Oh my goodness. I'm telling you, being vegan is the greatest thing I have ever done. It is the best decision Mm. I've ever made. It is the most beautiful way to live life. There's just, there's nothing, nothing bad about it.
1: Mm, Absolutely. So good. So love.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've had people say to me, "Oh, I went vegan for a little bit, but I got sick." I'm like, "Well, were you eating anything?" Like Miley Cyrus, I don't know if you heard about that, but you know, she had been calling herself vegan for a few years. Um, she said that she had gone vegan after one of her, um, I think one of her dogs had passed away, mm-hmm. and she like made the connection, and and so she'd gone vegan. But then she finally said uh, to some newspaper or magazine, like, oh no, I'm not vegan anymore. I was eating celery. It's like, well, that's why you were sick. Exactly. You could just eat celery. <laughs> exactly. you can got eat food. <laughs> right. And you have to like, you have to want to learn. So if like for me, right, I, when I went um, vegetarian, I didn't eat vegetables. Like mm-hmm. I knew that I kind of liked broccoli and I kind of liked corn and that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. But when I realized like, okay, most of what I eat is off the table now because it's not food to me anymore. What do I eat now? So instead mm-hmm. of just not eating anything, because, Oh, I don't know. I made it a point to learn and to figure exactly. it out. I read books. Um, you know, I, 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 sort of was on the internet a bit, it was like 2000. So I wasn't like on the internet the way I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely, i read books, i read magazines and not just, I read like Peter Singer's Animal Liberation but I also read um, Brenda Davis's like um, veganism book where it talks about nutrition and stuff like that. Mm-hmm and and it was just because it was important to me because it Mm -hmm. mattered to not contribute to the suffering anymore
1: definitely so you make it you make an effort yeah absolutely yeah to be honest like I got a bit sick afterwards as well because I kind of tried to make it like a huge shift so I kind of went I'm also going super healthy (laughs) (laughs) and looking back that was crazy I don't know what I was thinking I should have just gone vegan just yeah. any old vegan, <laughs> junk food, right. normal food, vegetable food, anything. Yeah. <laughs> should have yep. just done that first and then gone super healthy. Yeah. But I did get a bit sick there for a while, even though I'd planned the first few weeks, I planned out all my meals and I'd bought all the food in advance so that I knew what I was cooking and all that sort of stuff. I still found it quite tricky and I, I got really skinny. Mm. Like, and I think my body went to ketosis and I even started having like reintroduced chips. And I just kind of thought, It would have been easy at that point to go, this isn't working for me. However, I was doing it wrong. Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't doing it right. Right. So it's just an invitation to go back and learn, like you said, like look into it, work it out, you know. It does take a bit of time for your body to adjust, but just sticking with it and just experimenting and just having that kind of curious thing, like how does this meal Mm -hmm. feel in my body? How does that meal feel in my body? Yeah. You know, just really experimenting. And I found too that I needed a bigger portion size. Mm-hmm. So I was still eating like what looked like the same amount of food. Right. But just needed that extra, just a bigger portion. Yeah.
0: And then it was fine. Want that. <laughs> <laughs> what? I can eat more food? And I'm healthier? Okay. Exactly.
1: <laughs> totally in your face, diet culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's one of the shifts too, is like whenever we're changing our diet, changing what we're eating, we kind of think of it as like a diet, like restrictive, I can't do this, I can't do that. Right. But then, like opening up to like, what can I have? What what I can have? What feels beautiful and nutritious? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I and think it's important, important, like the language around it is important too, right? I I know that even now, sometimes, <clears throat> if I'm with other people who are not vegan, you know, they'll mention something and they'll say, "Oh, you can't have that," or I'll be at a uh, you know before COVID, be at a party, and be, oh, this food is vegan, you can't have this. No, I can have whatever I want. Mm. I choose not to. I will not have that. I won't have that. And I think when you feel like, oh, I can't have it, it does create a feeling of restriction. Mm. Even if you are doing it because you don't want to contribute to the suffering of animals anymore and that that's in there and it feels really strong, the more someone tells you you can't, the more you're going to be like, wait a minute, what? I can't? What do you mean I can't? Mm. And and when, when it is presented as it's the choice that you're making, that just empowers you even more. Definitely. And I think it, it adds to it and makes that conviction stronger.
1: Absolutely. So
0: I would encourage anyone the next time they're about to tell their friend, oh, I can't have that. Say, mm. I choose not to have that, or I won't yes. have that. Yeah. yeah don't just see that. how that feels.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So empowering. <laughs> oh,
0: well, it's been—we've been going at it for about an hour. That went so fast,
1: it did, didn't it? Pleasure. <laughs> yeah. I think you can believe for sharing your amazing gift of your voice with the world and speaking for the animals. Thank you for doing what you do.
0: Thank you for doing what you do, and thank you for joining me here tonight to share your gift with the world too.
1: My pleasure. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Isn't Sally fantastic? She has a kind heart and is truly living in her purpose. How many of us get to say that? I hope you found this episode helpful and inspiring. Please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're loving it, please give Did You Bring the Hummus a five-star rating. It's an easy way to keep supporting the show. For more information or to work with Sally, visit her website at www thenaturalcoach.com. If you are interested in learning about common vegan substitutes and swaps and have a favorite animal-based recipe you would love to veganize, join the waiting list for my signature class, Veganize It, via the link in the show notes. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Did you Bring the Hummus? and visit my website for more information about me, updates from what I'm working on, new podcast episodes, and all things vegan. I would love to hear from you, what do you need help with? Is there a topic you want to hear covered on a future episode? DM me on Instagram or send me an email at hummus at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.